Hi, I'm Leah Potter. And I'm Meredith Roten, and we're two news editors at the GW Hatchet. This is the Hatchet's weekly podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It, covering the happenings around Foggy Bottom and GW's campus. It's almost the season for men's and women's basketball here at GW, and our sports editor, Barbara Alberts, is here to talk about what we should be looking for. Thanks for coming on, Barbara. Hey, Meredith. Thanks for having me. Tell us what are like the highlights of this season. What is everyone looking forward to? So the men's and women's teams um, both kind of parallel each other in very interesting ways. You know, both programs are being led by coaches who are now in their third year and kind of settling down into their role here at GW. Both teams are really underclassmen heavy. The only senior on the men's basketball team walked on this year, and on the women's side, they only have two people with that kind of experience under their belt. Mm, So they're very, in that way, they're both very similar and very somewhat you know, mirror images, if you will. But the expectations for both teams are vastly different. The men's team was predicted to finish 13th out of 14 teams in the A-10 this year, which is the first time since 2009 that they've been chosen to go second to last in the conference. Um, You know, on the flip side, the women's team, you know, they have a lot of this inexperience. They graduated um, some key pieces on their offense and their defense, but they were still chosen to finish third in the conference. Women's basketball head coach Jennifer Rosati said it's quite the compliment, if you think about it, to have a team that lost so many players and so many kind of key people to their roster still expected to finish in the top three in the conference. So it's really interesting to look at just, you know, they, you know, both these teams have a very similar makeup and very different um, expectations for the year. On the other side, the men's team is very much looking to build toward the futures. For lack of a better term, this season is a rebuilding year for them. They're setting the foundation for what they've had in the past couple of years, and they're looking forward into how to continue that to guarantee success in the future for them. Here's Coach Joseph talking about his plan for the program. We know as a staff that we have a lot of young guys who are going to be relied upon to play a lot of basketball minutes, but we also know as a staff that, again, we have an opportunity to bring this entire team back. You know, we have everybody in our roster um, has... Uh, at least two years of eligibility left, and that's a, that's a huge deal. Like we have an opportunity over these next two years to really build a, a, a really great foundation with the guys gaining valuable experience, having played from day one. So obviously, you just said that both teams have some very new players. What are kind of the players to watch for this season? Yeah, absolutely. You know, on the women's side, I would definitely say uh, senior guard Malin Bautista. She's been you know, running the offense for the team since, you know, Rosati joined the program um, two two seasons ago. She's definitely someone who has the post-season experience for the team. She has, you know, just been really battle-tested, and she's just has an experience in that leadership quality that, you know, you kind of look for in a senior guard like her. You know, and then in terms of playing on the court, I would definitely say sophomore forward Neil Luma. She was one of the top 10 rebounders in the Atlantic 10 last year as a rookie. And so she's someone who kind of brings some versatility to the court. Teammates have said she has the ability to play a guard role. She has the ability to play on the post. And she's really going to be an integral part into how the team does this year just because they need people to step up and they need people to, um, you know, fill in those gaps and fill in the void that was left by last year's graduate Camille Tapias and Kelly Prangy and most definitely Brianna Cummings. So on the women's side, I'd say those two are kind of the key returning players to look for. And then on the men's side, I would say Terry Nolan Jr. and Justin Mazzullo, those two, they're both guards, they're both sophomores. They had a lot of playing time last year as freshmen. For a team that kind of lacks experience, they're one of the more experienced people on the court. 
Granted, their sophomores are still going to have to work some kinks out. They're still young. But at least in that backcourt position, they're going to be up there a lot and they're going to be people to watch. Also, Arnaldo Toro, he's the most experienced player coming back. He's a junior this year. He's had very different roles in the past on the court. I think he's a little bit more of a perimeter player, but he's been playing down low for you know most of last season because he was as tall as he is and and their team lacks a little bit of height so it'll be interesting to see where he kind of comes into in terms of point production in terms of where his role is going to be on the team also I wanted to ask about you said this was a rebuilding year for the men's team so what does that look like in terms of training and strategizing for them yeah absolutely you know head coach Maurice Joseph mentioned quite a bit that he's very much looking for a deep backcourt. So a guard-heavy lineup, faster tempo of play, and a little bit more of a transition offense to play into the strengths of, you know, his guards on the team. This year they have two transfers who are finally able to see time on the court. They have Armel Potter and they have DJ Williams, both of whom are guards on the team. And they have you know, the ability to play multiple different positions, defending different positions on the court. And Joseph said he's going to be looking to kind of use that versatility um, to make up in part for the fact that they don't really have a whole lot of big players underneath the hoop. It's kind of been a that issue that they also had last year, too. They don't really have a true big man. They have a few rookies coming in who, who bring height and who bring kind of that you know, true center position, but they're rookies and you don't really necessarily know how they're going to turn out until you put them in the game and you kind of see how they react to college ball and you see, you know, what how they can handle that faster style of play. So it looks like it's going to be a guard-heavy sort of situation where he's going to be rotating players in and out, but I think you're also going to want to look for how that front court kind of manifests itself this year as well. As you highlighted before, the women's team is the defending A-10 champions. Um, So how is that affecting their game, and does that impact, like, how they're strategizing? You know, they kind of acknowledge that they have a little bit of a target on their back this year. Um, Last season, their their path to the A-10 championship was a little unusual in the sense that, you know, preseason they were chosen to finish middle of the pack in the in the conference they didn't win the regular season like they had the year before um they entered into the postseason tournament as the number five seeds you know but then they end up winning the whole thing so they definitely acknowledge that this year they do have a little bit of a target on their back here coach Rosati's expectations for the games to come this year you know we were fortunately picked to finish third in the Mm -hmm. conference I think that's a compliment to what we've done over the last five years, even Mm -hmm. before I got here. Um, It's a compliment to our players that they are not being, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, underestimated. Um, But it's also sets a kind of expectation and a little bit of a target on your Mm -hmm. back that regardless of the fact that we don't have a lot of returning experience, um, everybody's going to be ready Mm -hmm. for us. So uh, it gives me confidence. Like I said, when I, those two guys are on the floor, I feel good about anybody else that's out there with them, and I know that they're going to help our team grow through this year um, in a similar way that they did last year. For men's basketball, what do the rookies on the team look like this year? Men's basketball's freshman class this year is you know highly touted by Joseph. They brought in a, this year um, Shandon Brown. He's a guard, 5'10", shortest guy on the team, you know, Joseph said he has the heart of a lion. He's definitely someone who's more of like a a culture builder on the team in the sense that he's going to be someone who's going to be driving energy and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, another guard added to their team and their roster, which, um, you know, with 
Joseph planning for the future, you know, having a young guy like him and coming into this program now seems to kind of fit into that trajectory and fit into that plan. Marcus Littles, he is 6'9". He's a player who kind of brings in a lot of height. You know, Joseph kind of likened him to Kevin Larson since he has this, like, physicality and this, like, height that the team really hasn't seen in a few years. And, you know, when he gets minutes, you'll see him, obviously, underneath the hoop and, and kind of crashing the boards and kind of bringing a little bit of post play to that to the team that they kind of lack right now. So definitely going to be interesting to see what comes from this class. It looks like they're probably going to be contributing a lot off the bench, which is expected for rookies, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of develop throughout the year. Thanks for giving us a peek into the season, Barbara. Yeah, thanks for having me. Elections are tomorrow, and our news editor, Danny Grace, is here to talk to us about some of the races that you should be watching this week. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on to talk about this. It's a very busy week for D.C. politicians, but um, Danny, you talked to Alyssa Silverman, a D.C. council member who is running for re-election. Can you tell us about why her campaign is so watched right now? Sure. Alyssa Silverman is the current at-large council member, um, one of two, and she is running for re-election against Dion Reeder, who is a first-time council candidate. And this race has been particularly contentious because Mayor Muriel Bowser is actually backing Dion Reeder instead of Alyssa Silverman, which has never happened before. And the mayor is actually helping to funnel donations into Reeder's campaign. Um, and Alyssa Silverman is not taking any donations from political action committees or big businesses because she wants to eliminate any potential corruption that could happen in the D.C. Council um, for her second term. So has that meant that she is struggling in terms of campaigning? The Washington Post reported that Reader raised $118,000 in 18 days between October 11th and October 29th, but Silverman only raised $71,000 in that same time. What are the differences between the two candidates in terms of policy? Both candidates want to create pipelines for jobs for students right out of college and find a way to keep students in D.C. after they graduate. And some of the barriers to that are cost of living. And Silverman said that that has been a big part of her campaign is trying to find ways to manage the cost of living in the district, which keeps increasing. How has she done that during her tenure as a council member? Silverman has been advancing that agenda by introducing acts to the D.C. Council, like the Universal Paid Leave Amendment Act, which will provide families with more time to recover after having a child. Silverman also introduced the Student Loan Authority Establishment Act last month, which would establish a district agency to provide lower interest to D.C. students after they graduate. What has Dion Reeder said that she would do that GW students would care about? Well, Reader told us that education is critically important to her, and like Silverman, she wants to establish a system to help students get jobs right out of college. She wants to establish constituent service offices through the districts where students could intern and develop better relations with district residents, because overall she wants to increase the civic engagement of students who go to school in the district. The D.C. Council is not the only legislative body in the district that's holding elections. The Foggy Bottom area has their own elections for the Advisory Neighborhood Commission that are coming up. My reporters interviewed four different people who are outside of the ANC Commission currently and are looking to join. One of them is actually challenging the current chairman, Will Kennedy Smith. Who is the newcomer that is challenging the incumbent, William Kennedy Smith? So Elena Son has lived in Foggy Bottom 
for years now, and she wants to find ways for the Foggy Bottom and West End community to cohesively solve issues like personal safety in the district or homelessness. But Smith said he wants to focus on issues plaguing the district concerning infrastructure or licensing problems. Who are the chairs that are stepping down this year? Commissioners Marco Guzman and Florence Harmon are both leaving the ANC. And what about the other three candidates that are running for ANC commissioner? Trupti Patel is running for the ANC 2A03 seat, and she has a lot of background in advocating for issues like gun restrictions, health care. She's a huge supporter of passing Initiative 77, and she said that that was one of the reasons why she wanted to be involved in local government is because with this whole controversy surrounding Initiative 77, she felt like residents' voices were not being heard by local government leaders. It's true that the Advisory Neighborhood Commission doesn't make legislation but just advises to the D.C. Council, correct? Right, but they submit testimony to the D.C. Council and help represent the smaller voices in the community. What about the other candidates? An associate professor in the Elliott School of International Affairs said that she wants to engage students in the ANC a little more than previously, which kind of aligns with current Commissioner James Harnett's goal for his position. She said that events like the recent ANC Town Hall that was just hosted in the Marvin Center is a good way to increase the university's involvement with the ANC. And she said that having this connection to GW already, being an associate professor, will help her do that. Another candidate, Jerry Epstein, is running for Commissioner Florence Harmon's position, and she wants to focus on homelessness and traffic congestion because there have been many meetings about the neighborhood population of you know, scooters and dockless bikes, and it's just been kind of a repetitive topic before the ANC. She's worked all over the board. She's been a foreign language high school teacher. She worked at a startup called Internet Travel Network, which is now called getthere.com, and she's also been the executive director of a nonprofit organization called the Ambit Foundation, Um, and the Ambit Foundation provides support for veterans and their families which, as you know, veterans make up a large part of the homeless population in America. She said that her work at the Ambit Foundation would really increase her sensitivity to people experiencing homelessness in the district and give her a better perspective of what she's working with when she's dealing with this issue. Thanks, Danny, for catching us up on these local races. No problem. Stay tuned for the results. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us on Getting to the Bottom of It. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by news editors Meredith Roten and Leah Potter and features culture editor Margot Dines. This podcast is produced by managing editor Matt Colin and video editor Ariana Dunham. Music is produced by Olk Studio. Special thanks to Barbara Alberts and Danny Grace for joining us. See you next week.